They have so yeah, they have this new Harry Potter movie coming out. Is Harry Potter like It's like in the forties. In the forties? In New York, in America. You haven't seen Does anything he about this? Time travel? No, I don't know. No, it's not. It's like in the Harry Potter universe. Like Harry Potter as a person is not like in it because he wasn't born yet. Okay. So it's like about a dude who... Has Harry Potter powers in the 40s? Well, yeah. Like in Harry Potter universe, there's just like people are just... There's just magical people. Okay. There's like a lot of them. There's okay. a whole school worth. The hundreds of kids go there. Okay. Uh, So it's about this dude who's who's british and he's like i'm going to capture all the like magical creatures and write a book about them hmm. and then like harry potter uses the book in school mm -hmm. so it's like a prequel that's like about that dude's adventures around the world trying to catch magical gifted kids creatures no like okay. mon like monsters and you okay. know like unicorns and fairies and goblins and dragons and and whatever or how much that you know, job magical, pays. You know, magical, ghosty things and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's in, like, the 40s in New York. So it's, like, pre-World War II. Mm. And they're like, oh, it looks like, you know, the the war is heating up in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's going on over there? Bunch of bad magic. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's Johnny Depp. We need some Johnny good... Depp is going to be the bad guy. Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp. What is he, Hitler? He's not Hitler. Hitler. He's Grindelwald, who's an evil wizard, who I guess in World War II he was doing some evil stuff. But twist, he was also okay. Dumbledore's gay lover. Okay, hold on, hold you on. Know, you don't know any oh, of this. Oh, wait a second. Well, now I need to see this. That's but... what I'm talking about, man. Okay. It's, yeah. So wait a second. They're, they announced they're doing a five-movie series of this. Let's, let's backtrack for a second here. And Dumbledore is the wizard, the bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, you know nothing. You know nothing I went to him. one, and it was just on some date with some girl in Wichita. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I think there was like big spiders or something in it. it that was, was like that was like the second one too. No wonder you were lost. Oh, dude! You like just got dropped in in the dude. middle. You're like, what's going on? It was yeah, weird. Dumbledore is the like Gandalf esque. Like he's like the head of the school. Do you want to actually start this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no pressure on that. But yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and give it a whirl here. You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast with your host, I'm Chuck. And I'm Brendan. All right, Brendan, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, well, besides Harry Potter. Besides Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. We've been talking a lot about Harry Potter here. Tell so. me more about your Wichita, the Wichita dating scene. Okay, so the fraternity that I was in, you know, we would have these events where you would kind of go to another house at a different university that's in your fraternity network, and so... Nobody ever came to Nebraska Omaha because everyone that would come to Nebraska would either go to Creighton or go to uh, Cornhuskers up in Lincoln. So, but Wichita State came to our house while I was there, and that was crazy. So then we went down there and just had a great relationship ever since. So I went down there a few times and just kind of had a good time and always met a few few ladies down there and. Ended up at a freaking Harry Potter movie that I didn't know what the <laughs> hell was going on at. So, you know, that's how it goes. I just kind of roll with those kind of things. So I was like, yeah, I was at Harry Potter. Don't know a damn thing about it. Just like Kansas doesn't know a damn thing about trickle-down economics <laughs> <laughs> or supply side or whatever, keeping, you know. Keeping it Kansas. Keeping it Kansas, which is still bleeding. Is that right? Right. So for for a long, long time now... Ever since Sam Brownback was elected governor of Kansas on like a wave of Tea Party support that was just oh, sweeping yeah. Kansas back like what, like six years ago now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was like, here's here's my plan for Kansas. I'm going to come in Tea Party. We all hate taxes. I'm just going to cut all those taxes. Cut them. Cut them down to nothing. All the jobs are just going to flood in. It's going to be like Trump, like, you're going to be tired of jobs. You're just going to be having so many jobs. You're going to be like, I don't need all these jobs. Get rid of these. We got too many jobs here in mm -hmm. Kansas. Not surprisingly, didn't really work out like that. Didn't work out that way. And then the result of that is that all of the things that 
are funded by taxes, like the basic things that your state needs, like roads <laughs> and education. Right. So yeah, he ends up, the governor ends up like looting a bunch, like hundreds of millions of dollars from the school budget just to be like, oh, we got to make up for this tax cut budget shortfall here. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> Turns out even if the jobs do flood in, which they didn't, they're not paying any taxes, so you're still not making money. Uh, he didn't really have, didn't really think through this cut all the taxes plan very well. No. It apparently has gotten so bad that they don't even publish the tax report, or they don't even put it out anymore. They're <laughs> right. just like, eh, if, if you want it, you can request it from us, but you, you don't, we don't want to burden you with bad news. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't want to actually proactively tell you how atrociously the budget's doing, and has been doing. For just years and years now, with, oh, yeah. with no end in sight. And everyone thought, like, oh, after suffering through this for four years, there's no way this dude can get reelected. I mean, oh. even his own party is like, this is a joke. Hey, we need somebody there to thumb their nose at Obama, probably. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and be like, I'll reject your millions in federal subsidies to give my own citizens health care. I'd rather just destroy my state's budget just out of spite. Oh, yeah. And and the weird thing is that you'd think that he must be popular if he ended up getting voted for again or reelected. But a couple of years back, Omaha hosted the was one of the host sites for March Madness basketball tournament. And Kansas and Wichita had made it to the path where they would end up playing each other in the NCAA tournament, which was huge because they never play each other in the regular season for a variety of reasons. And Wichita really has become a great, great program over the last few years. Well, it's been a great program for decades, but it's really become a showcase program recently. Sam Brownback was at the game, and he was wearing a t-shirt with the state of Kansas on it, and half of Kansas in the Wichita colors, and the other half in the KU colors. And all of a sudden, the camera pans onto him, and everyone sees it on the big screen, and he's kind of smiling... And everybody just starts booing, just boo, boo, you know. And and he had that plastic politician-ass smile on his face because he just had to pretend like he wasn't hearing it or something. Those, or it was were, a joke. those uh-huh, were young people, those guys. Chuck, those uh, people don't vote. Those college kids, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, they're just college they kids. They just don't know Their how. Their opinions don't matter at all. You know. Right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> in order to combat some of this, he finally mm. decides... Maybe we do need to raise raise taxes a little bit. Sales taxes. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's going to really pinch the people that actually have to buy shit, you know, like middle class and poor people. Right. So, Just bump up that sales tax a couple percent. Yeah. None of that, like, you know, business taxes or, yeah. you know, taxes for millionaires paying a little bit more. I mean, they need that money to create all the jobs that are going to flood Kansas with money. That's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any day now, they're going to just flood those millions into just making jobs for all the people that, that don't have schools anymore. It's a, it's a real great long-term plan. Of course, <laughs> Kansas City Star uh, reporter Yale Abuhalka. Um, That's a sweet name. Yeah, great name. Has been on the, on the case, you know, recently and goes, No wonder Governor Sam Brownback killed a quarterly report aimed at telling Kansans how his policies are affecting the state economy. The star laid off the indispensable Abu Halka at the end of September. He continues reporting on Kansas affairs at YaleAbuHalka.com. So, (laughs) yeah. Sweet URL. I can't believe that wasn't taken. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, for (laughs) sure. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. So this one guy gives any kind of pushback on it, and they're like, eh, we got to let you go. Yeah, you're you're really just rubbing it in, right? You it's know. like well, after Yabufelka dot com takes you know. off, <laughs> all this all this important budget reporting is going to get out. Well, and Kansas is the place of, in addition to these tax cuts, self regulation on things, which in many ways led to the tragedy where that kid ended up dying on that water slide. Uh, oh yeah, the Verruc- the tallest water slide or whatever. Yeah, and kid's father was a politician there. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, well, you know, Kansas is this unregulated, untaxed hellscape where, you know, <laughs> enter at your own risk. I mean, I'm, it's crazy that the soccer hellscape team... Hellscape or Tea Party Utopia. Tea Party Chuck. Utopia. 
literally this year, some sort of fires were happening in Kansas where the smoke could be seen in Omaha, Nebraska. I mean, one of our senators said or tweeted out, maybe we should put up a wall and make Kansas pay for it. Not to rip on Kansas any more than you absolutely have to, but (laughs) this should be, as we look to states with, you know, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana and look to states with their own health care and voting ideas and stuff, we should look at Kansas, literally, seriously look at Kansas and say, this is an example of what does not work and quit running on that kind of platform. Right, uh, because, yeah, it's hilarious because so many politicians for years and years and years now have been running on this, we got to cut taxes, we got to cut regulations, they're job killers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, the real way to build this to the top is like get government out of the way and just let the growth flourish and they finally get to do it and it just fails spectacularly. And you know, you'd think that they would stop trying to do it, but no. We ain't gonna stop. <laughs> Just keep it going. Don't stop till you get enough. Don't stop till you get enough. I guess we do have to thank Kansas for being there, you know, making us look a little bit better. Well, I was about to say, I was about to say, you know who else thinks like that? Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts. (laughs) So this amazing Mother Jones article came out this week that detailed Pete Ricketts' plan to reinstate the death penalty, but that's just a cover for his real plan, which is to get rid of state senators that he doesn't like, uh, who would do the conservative thing to actually get rid of the death penalty. So he's really just using it as a wedge issue to drive out politicians that are already in the state government that he doesn't agree with on everything and that won't just be a rubber stamp for him. Which is crazy because, I mean, you have term limits now in Nebraska. So, you know, no politician is going to stay in for more than two terms, which is what, eight years or something? In a row. Right. But you got that Ernie Chambers, you know, he just jumps back in and out. Just jumps back in there. The the only reason they made that law was to get rid of Ernie Chambers. Absolutely. One of the people that we need to get on the Liquid Flannel podcast, if possible. That would be a great interview. Um, And he's been trying to get the death penalty revealed for 30 years yeah, since like the 70s basically. yes yes uh he introduces a bill every year it never goes anywhere until this last year when he finally was like look you guys this makes a lot of sense and we haven't executed anyone since 1997 yes and not only that but it costs over 14 million dollars for the state to upkeep it a year 14 million dollars a year just to upkeep the processes the institution of the death penalty and that's not even to kill somebody, right? You know. And so yeah, so we we were saying yeah, why is he why does he care so much about the death penalty? It doesn't make any sense. But it turns out he doesn't really care about the death penalty. He's just using it to force out all these lawmakers that won't do what he wants, so that he can just get these people off his back, uh, or you know, could just do whatever he wants, like cut all those taxes, Kansas style. Honestly, it's a perfect plan. What could was... go wrong? Maybe it's good to have someone that thumbs their nose a little right. bit at authority when it is right. outrageous and doesn't make any sense right. in any way. There's literally no way. But what's incredible about that is the Omaha World Herald endorsed the death penalty. They came out with an article about it like last week. Well, the arguments to keep the death penalty are that it makes it easier for prosecutors to get deals because they can threaten people with the death penalty to say hey if you plead guilty to this even though you didn't do it you will take the death penalty off the table and so that freaks people out enough to be like fine you know i don't want to get killed i'll I'll say whatever i need to say to save my life that's not how justice should work absolutely i mean that's laughable i mean it would be laughable if it wasn't so scary and so sad that it's that it's our system you know, the other argument that people make is that it's a deterrent to crime, which is also laughable because people have been killing each other here pretty consistently in Nebraska for a long time and across the United States, regardless of the death penalty. Right. So, but um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, this isn't a secret plan. I mean, he at the Republican Party convention in Nebraska, he read out loud the a names. list of names of the people and then said, we need to get rid of these people and elect Republicans 
who will who will do what Republicans want. That seems so scary. The Nebraska legislature is, is the nonpartisan. Only one. Yeah, it's the only one in the country to be a nonpartisan one house system where you're not supposed to run as a Republican or a Democrat. You everybody is just nonpartisan. There's no party affiliation when you look at the ballot. But there's party affiliation anyway. Right. Everybody knows. Deeper, Everybody knows. Everybody um, knows. I, I like that idea in theory because it's like, hey, look, just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. You just have to analyze these people based on, you know, what they are as, as individuals. Yes. But, like, no one does that. Right. Well, and in response to that, you know, 13 senators, including five Republicans, chastised Ricketts in an open letter for attacking, quote, respected conservatives elected by the people to obey their own convictions and principles, not the governor's. So the fact that you do get five conservative or five Republican senators to actually say that, that's kind of hopeful in a state like Nebraska. I think it means that people are willing to be a little bit more rational and not so team sporty about it, but maybe not. I don't know. So Right. And one of the, one of the funniest things about this is that, you know, being pro-death penalty doesn't really square with being pro-life. The Catholic Church agrees. Right. And they were like, no, we hate the death penalty. You right. should get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So even though they're all about religious freedom when it comes to, like, bacon cakes for gays, if the Catholic Church says, maybe don't do the death penalty, you're like, hey, get out of here. What are you, a commie? Right. Get out of here, commie pope. Yeah, the fact that this is a wedge issue can only, can be really the only explanation behind dumping, you know, $300,000 of your own money into the election just to shape the unicameral the way you want to. So Right. He really needs to to do that because apparently Nebraska is going to have a $1 billion budget shortfall. Oh, oh yeah. Great so, segue. <laughs> you, know. I, you know, I'm sure that once he gets all of his uh, his chosen candidates in that Unicam, then he'll really be able to just start churning in that money with those taxes. Right. Just like, just like Kansas did. You know, if Kansas is bleeding, I think that Nebraska is is on the verge of bleeding. What's on the verge of bleeding? You know, I mean, we're hurt. We're bruised up right now. I think, right. You know. So, you know, um, this is this is due to uh, apparently falling uh, agriculture and like crop prices and lower than expected tax receipts. Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, that's not a very fun place to right. be, says Michael Calvert, legislative fiscal analyst. This guy is supposed to be the pro-business governor, you know, spending so much of his own money for initiatives and things and uh, conservative causes. But, you know, we're facing this billion-dollar shortfall, basically partly because we're trying not to tax people. We're trying really hard not to tax certain kinds of people. So it's going to be really hard to make the argument for tax relief to businesses now with this shortfall. I think but, the I think his plan is that once the Cubs win the World Series, it won't matter. That money's just going to pour in. That's right. right. You know, it's going to just usher in a new wave of just American prosperity. Right. <laughs> that was the curse. It was holding back the economy of mm. the of the entire Midwest. He said, you know, on Friday, Ricketts did not mention taxes. He said the new forecast affirms the need for budget cuts. He said he will continue working with state agencies on belt-tightening measures while crafting a budget proposal for next year that includes cuts. So I wonder what kind of belt-tightening measures, you know, my belt's pretty tight right now. Right. So It's probably you know. not probably not going to cut the budget of, like, him and his private plane and, like, all his Secret Service detail. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those things, I mean, that's important. we got to make Nebraska look good and be on undercover boss and all those things you know <laughs> you know uh this guy's great you know we're making us look excellent with all these businesses leaving nebraska like cabela's and conagra, uh, conagra places we've really done a lot to um give them a real comfortable stay so you get into this race to the bottom with all these states saying like we're gonna cut taxes the most we're gonna cut taxes the most we're gonna cut taxes we're the gonna most. pay you to come here right you know? and then you get to this race to the bottom where everyone loses right yeah and the business isn't really benefiting that much because they're saying oh well we'll save taxes in the long run or whatever i guess we'll just move again what about all those people's jobs like ah whatever you know it's just a lose 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 scenario here all around yeah um it doesn't bet anybody except for the people at the top who are already raking in the millions. 
the committee, there's a committee, I think, that's going to be looking at the governor's budget proposal and requests for, from state agencies before starting the process. He expects the discussions will involve whether to dip into the state's cash reserve, commonly known as the rainy day fund. For right. this billion dollar short. Well, I mean, if there's a time to <laughs> That's dip a into rainy, the fund, rainy day. They're just sitting on a vault full of, full of cash, apparently. Dude, it's like <laughs> DuckTales or whatever. Yeah. Scrooge McDuck. Just crack that open. Problem yeah. solved. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Do you think that the... I was I was reading this article where it was speculating that in the yes. World Series. Oh, if yeah. Cleveland wins the World Series, the wave of optimism sweeping Ohio could help the Hillary turnout. What? Because people will be like, maybe America's not so bad after all. You <laughs> okay. know, let's go. Maybe with, it is let's great. Go with maybe yeah. it is great. Maybe it's already great. Yeah. Look at Cleveland just won the World Series. Hey, if we can do this, anything can happen. <laughs> it's great. Okay, but what about Chicago? So if Chicago wins, <laughs> that's already going for Hillary anyway. Illinois, solid blue. Okay. Right there. Wow. Okay. Good deal. Well, here we go, Cleveland. I think if the Cubs win, which they're up right now, this is a game seven. It's happening right now. Live updates. Wait a second. They're winning right now? Yeah. Six to three in the seventh. And they're down three to two in the series? No, it's three three tied. This is it. Oh, this is the last game? This is the whole enchilada. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. But yeah, man, if the Cubs win, that's Mm got to be, I mean, that's like their whole team identity. Right. It's like we'd never win the World Series in a hundred years. It's really it's a disrupting like a event for their entire franchise. Right. This is the it's all downhill from here. They have to rebrand after this. I mean, or something. yeah. Come up with a new identity. Yeah. You know? I guess they could just like you know they just got to go for the three peat or whatever. Jeez. <laughs> just gotta get the just keep cheap winning those championships. So is this game in Cleveland right now or is it in Chicago? It's in Cleveland, I believe. Okay. But they're like flying people out. Well, when's the last time Cleveland won the World Series? It I was mean, like it was a long time ago too. You know. I mean, both of them have been uh, have been out of it for a while. Right. But yeah, man, it's going to be tough, you know, if the Cubs win to maintain your team identity. Well, it'd be nice to be known as winners. That'd be an identity that would be kind of cool to maintain for a while. You so know? it's very, it's a disruptive event. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes you need a disruptive business model to break into new industries. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like with how the Republicans are better off if Trump loses because then they can keep doing their thing, you know, just being like, you know, oh, Hillary is just like Obama. We'll just, you know, keep doing keep doing what we're doing. Right. Whereas if Trump actually wins, that's like a worst case scenario for them because then they got to just re figure out what they're all about. You right. know, it's like, a yeah, I think I think there's a lot of parallels here. How did we get to politics already? <laughs> Back to Trump. Damn. No, just kidding. He's just always... You were always always on my mind. (laughs) All right, Willie Nelson. (laughs) You were always on my mind. There was an article this week, though. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on this week already. The KKK newspaper just came out and endorsed Donald Trump. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And then he released a statement, too, that was like, uh, we de- we despise this hateful organization, and then so this and, is kind of deplorable right here, <laughs> right? Even though I don't believe that, yeah, it's a real <laughs> it's a real tough position for him to be in there, right? Um, yeah, I mean, all kinds of whacked out organizations have been endorsing Trump. There's like weird, like European, like neo Nazi style part, like political parties. Oh, sure. Uh, like far right, you know, parties in like France and Germany and stuff who have been like, yes, Trump, finally. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I it's uh, I, I don't like to judge people based on that kind of stuff. Right. But stuff they can't even really control. I right. Mean. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, who even knows who can even tell if they're legitimately endorsing him or if they know that. This endorsement mm-hmm. endorsement would make him look bad, right. so they're like negatively endorsing him by endorsing it. Like who knows? Mm-hmm. You can't even really tell sometimes. But it's not a good look for you when your candidacy is just inspiring. Like you might not be racist. A lot of his supporters are probably not racist. But when all these racists are like, "You're the best," it oh just yeah, really makes you think. Oh yeah. Well, what, and then a historically black church or whatever just got burned oh. down with uh, Vote Trump 
graffitied on the side of it. So you've got that, got voter fraud, the only known case hey, of that's voter just, fraud. That's just payback right. for when they trash that like campaign office or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then the Democrats like kickstarted millions of dollars for them. Right. Uh, to pass their, like, check your uh, birth certificate before you pee at a Target law. You, you know, know. You gotta just raise that money. And probably what's more um, what's more disgusting and tangentially related is the idea that, you know, Trump was vocal about the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. And this also seemed to be the, th- the event that triggered this guy that shot two police officers in Urbandale, Iowa. Yeah, that's it a is... whole weird... A weird situation that i mean of, that just happened like today so like we don't know a lot about it but right it was pretty sad to see all these people when the news first broke overnight mm-hmm. all these people were saying oh black you know, lives this matter is black lives matter <clears throat> strikes mm-hmm. again you know look what you're doing hillary this is war hillary and obama you're destroying you're just causing race wars and uh, oh everyone involved was white right and it looks like the perpetrator was a Trump supporter who got arrested for waving a Confederate flag in front of a group of black people at a high school football game. What, (laughs) what is just, what is going on? It just, it's, it's just mind boggling. And he was saying he was mad that they were anti-cop. And so he kills two cops. Yeah. No, I mean, this whole thing, there's no way to, doesn't make any mm, sense, but it, it just makes me so sad because when that, police shooting in right. in Dallas happened. Mm-hmm. Trump was immediately on it saying like oh, this yeah. just shows, you know, that you need to vote for me. This is just ridiculous. Look what everything is coming to. Yep. But of course when this happens like strangely have not heard a peep from Trump talking about this is terrorism and we've got to screen people with Confederate flags, you know, just to make sure got to put them on that no fly list or whatever just in right. case they're doing they're terrorists. Yeah, strangely, none of those conversations are happening. You know, Trump's not out there saying, well, we need other, you know, white Confederate flag carriers to just report on these people. Right. You know, we need the white Confederate flag carrying community to call out who the bad ones are and tell the authorities. (laughs) To really embrace America. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not hearing that message from anyone. It's just so strange. The comment in the YouTube video that this guy posted... (laughs) Um, oh right, because this guy posted on YouTube all the time of right. him getting kicked out of high school getting football, getting fights at high school football games, just him like hanging out with the flag. He wrote, "Quote: I was offended by the blacks sitting through the anthem. Thousands more whites fought and died for their freedom. However, this is not about the armed forces. They are cop haters. So, this is that dude. Yeah, this is that dude. What is this? What is this dude? Dude, that's I, what he said. I don't get it. Yeah." I'm just going to put it out there right now for everybody, you know, as a person of color and a Black Lives Matter supporter, I am not anti-cop at all. Right. I am uh, anti being felt like a criminal. Are you trying to tell me that Black Lives Matter saying don't shoot black people for no reason isn't the same thing as saying shoot cops? How, (laughs) you know, somehow people. Right think though those are those are like those are mutually exclusive things right don't shoot cops don't shoot black people you got to pick one mm-hmm. you can only pick one right how about stop shooting everybody? how about everybody stop shooting and you know what i'm not even hey, going to minimize do you hate guns right why are you trying to take my rights away everybody See, stop shooting. and that's the thing i'm not going to minimize the danger the nature of the danger that a cop is in because this is a gun fucking culture i mean it is so crazy out there that yeah, right. You know anybody could have a gun, and literally anybody does have a gun, and you know it could literally come from anywhere. I do not envy the amount of danger that a cop could be in. Right, because you have to, you know, you're getting trained to say, "Hey, anybody could have a million guns at right. any time." You don't know. Every yep. just treat everybody like they're just armed to the teeth and ready to just spring and, on you in a moment's notice. And they could have a mental illness with a gun, and you don't know. (laughs) So, you know, anything can set anybody off at any time. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But the thing is, the whole thing that I and many people would resent would be the idea that the very nature of me is criminal, the very idea that I'm different-looking is threatening to somebody. The whole point is that, you know, we're not criminals. We're not all criminals. And... 
and that violence is just a human thing and it's a cultural thing in terms of the fact that if you're in a culture of poverty if you're in a culture where people have the strongest truly survive then maybe it is going to be a little bit more violent but that can that literally can cross racial national right. religious any kind of boundary and that's just that's the whole point of all of this so right. i don't know well I mean, and yeah the thing that is the most depressing to me is that the people who should most be supporting black lives matter are police officers oh yeah because you want to de-escalate these situations right yeah. you don't want to have to say oh man every black person that i interact with you know might just kill me at a moment's right. notice or be terrified that i'm going to kill them or does not trust anything coming out of my mouth right. ever you know? you know just to immediately start off any interaction because, adversarial right you know. because the relationship is so antagonistic where they should really come out and be saying like, no, this is terrible and we need to do something to fix this. But you're in a situation where even suggesting like, hey, this isn't overt racism. This is something that it's implicit bias where you don't even realize it, but you're making mm -hmm. these split second decisions mm -hmm. and in a, in a way that is not intentional, but can sometimes be racially biased right or you know in, in lots of things you know men versus women is another mm -hmm. non-race example where if yep. you're interacting with a man the cop even though he you know intellectually knows hey women can have guns women can be you know violent women can, you know can mm -hmm. do that when i'm trying to you know arrest them or whatever somehow though if it's a man that that thought is heightened right right versus if it's a woman it, it's the exact same the thing. awareness of threat level right yeah. it's the exact same thing with with a race situation where yep. you feel uncomfortable because it's a different race as you you're aware of these yep. tensions mm -hmm. you know and so it just heightens the the situation and makes it so that people who make split second decisions because they thought i i'm scared but to even say that some people think like well you're now you're just saying everyone's racist Right. It's like, no, no, that's not what anyone's saying no. at all. No, it's way more nuanced than that. And if you don't want to try to unpack everything on this level, I don't know if we can even have the conversation. But I'll tell you this. I watched the video of him getting kicked out of the Urbandale High School football game. It goes on for a long time. First of all, this dude is wasted. He sounds pretty drunk and... All of the cops, there were... you got to get that liquid courage when right. you're out Confederate flag, you know, Yeah, flying. exactly. Just wanting something to happen, and you're like, I know something happens real quick when I run my mouth off when uh. I'm all drunk. He had, like, a couple male cops speaking to him very politely. Had a couple female cops come up and start talking to him. And the whole thing was, it was pretty ridiculous. I mean, he's like, well, I, somebody hit me in the back of the head. I want to report an assault. Okay, do you know who did it? Well, no, we got to go back in so I can look at him and stuff. It's <laughs> right. like, let me no. pick which one I don't like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. the cops gave this dude the amount of restraint the cops showed this dude, I mean, was pretty good. Although it's not like they're going to just, you know, take him down at a high school match or anything necessarily. But I saw the police come in and taser a homeless dude in. The university library up at UNO. Like recently? No, <laughs> no, it was probably like oh, two years ago, three oh, years. It was probably about three or four years ago. The guy just wouldn't leave, and they tasered him. So I don't know. It's just a weird situation how certain people get every leeway cut to them, oh, whether sure. it's the Bundys, whatever. You know, I mean, that was a crazy situation this week, but all of it seems to show that you know. The country's on a right. a little bit of a heightened Trumpness and everything, oh. you know. Trump supporters are talking about becoming armed and showing up at polling places. Right, or just, you know, just showing up at polling places, you know, make sure anybody <clears throat> who doesn't look like they might vote for Trump has to, you know, make sure they're legit. Because that's a real great idea um, to get out there. There's, uh, I saw some reports saying that like, legit, like, white supremacist groups were saying, hey, you know, get out and, and show support so that, you know, people feel that they're supported, you know, when they come in to vote for white supremacy. You know, that that's right. the kind of thing where it just really makes you worried about this election day and fights going to be breaking out 
polling places and stuff. Hey, you know. I just shudder to think of what could happen, especially when now it looks like it's going to be a closer election than a lot of people thought. Wouldn't it be funny if we had to have, like, the UN come in and monitor the election? <laughs> right. You know? We should. Uh, I mean, now that Trump's just out there saying, like, this is all rigged and it's, uh, you know, it's a global conspiracy against him, you know, maybe, yeah, we do need to have some of that intervention with well, uh, these questionable election policies that are happening here. You know, Hillary, Hillary should be able to just smash this thing, but she's got so many problems. The head of the FBI sent a letter to some congressmen saying like, hey, I know that I I told you when we had our big Hillary hearing that if any new information came up that I would let you know, well, we're investigating Anthony Weiner for, you know, sending shirtless Twitter pics to 15-year-olds. And he had a laptop that maybe he emailed Hillary on it. So we're just going to look through all his emails. We don't know what's in there yet. Mm -hmm. but we'll let you know and so then this somehow just exploded into the fei's investigating hillary email wrongdoing just led to just a wave of anti-hillary sentiment it seemed like where really it's either that or it's driving up the trump supporters enthusiasm i guess could kind of be either way yeah just kind of getting rid of some of those last minute undecideds who maybe are now leaning towards trump just because the bad headlines seem to be falling towards Hillary in this particular time. Well, and Donna Brazil was just let go from CNN or whatever. Right. They cut ties with her. Because... For doing a debate. Yeah, so like I, she had done like one debate. I guess she did two different debate questions and then they fired her. Or they, mm -hmm. She was already like not. She was like on a leave of absence because she was taken over as the DNC chair. Mm -hmm. So she hadn't like really been with them for a while since she was doing that anyway. But then they just formally like said like, you know, we're not. We're not dealing with her anymore. Mm -hmm. But yeah, all these Hillary scandals and this this Hillary email thing, there's like there's no substance there. It's just the headline that's like maybe there's more emails, and then Trump's like, finally, I've been saying this whole time, we're we're gonna finally find the emails. If we could just get more emails, we would just finally find the smoking gun in the Hillary emails. And yet we've had thousands and thousands of them, and their smoking gun's not there. But yet, oh, this is the time. They finally found it, even though yeah. they found there's nothing has actually been found at no. any time. But somehow Certainly it's still nothing so illegal. Negative. Certainly nothing illegal for sure. You know. Right. Well it's like, yeah, it's stuff like that where it's like, oh people you know, people other people in the DNC, not Hillary, other people in the DNC were doing shady stuff so that Hillary would, would win the primary or whatever, where it's like, Yeah, that's how it works. You know what right. I mean? Like she's the presumptive nominee. <laughs> yeah. Of course they're doing that. Yep. That's almost like their that's their job. That's like yeah. literally their job. Yeah. Um you'd be disappointed if they weren't doing that. Right. And yeah, like all this stuff it's like it it's none of it is should be surprising in any way. I mean, we're at the point in the race where whoever's the headlines are, are about it's bad news. Mm -hmm. Right? Even if it's not news at all, it's bad news. Right? Yeah. Even if there's no substance there, it's, it's just negatively takes, framed. Right. And... It just takes the tiniest little touch. To just spin up a whole 24-hour media <laughs> talk show, you know, hate fest, basically, for both sides. Yep. And so it goes back to this, like, well, both sides are the same. Both sides are the same. They're both terrible. Right. So, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll just go with, I'm, I'll just go with Trump because they're both terrible and whatever. Right. Where that's just like, it's just not even comparable. Hillary, she's not a perfect candidate. She doesn't have a lot of enthusiasm for her because... She's a realistic candidate who has boring plans to do incrementally small improvements over time. Bipartisanship and compromise. No one's excited about that on no. either side. And even less excited about the fact that through it all, her friends will be the only ones that like become rich or whatever, or stay rich. I mean, that's the that's the other thing. It's just like certain people just do so well. And people are just like, oh, this is kind of status quo-y i don't know well right it's and just... like you know the whole thing where it's like yeah we already had a president clinton right you know like yeah maybe let's do something else for a while you yeah. know it really has made me realize that a lot of the stuff that makes hillary a terrible candidate actually makes her much more qualified to be president right yeah she's part of the establishment she's yeah. been in washington for 30 yeah. years Ugh. but it's like well actually that probably would be really helpful when you're trying to get stuff done 
to know how it works. Whereas Trump is like, I don't even think he knows what being the president is. Although I don't think he's ever watched an episode of The West Wing. He doesn't know what this is about. Well, hey, to be fair to Trump, I haven't watched an episode of The West Wing. I don't give a you shit should. about The West Wing. Oh, dude, it's Maybe the I, best. Should I? Oh, okay. absolutely. All right. It is... It is if Maybe I, was I not, have watched one. If I was I not know. watching The West Wing right now, mm-hmm. I'd be in a much darker place than I even am right now because The West Wing paints such a beautiful, optimistic vision of what the presidency is and what, what that means and the seriousness and the, the, the gravitas of having to make these decisions that are, you know, re- influencing life and death and, you know, of having the all course of, these... of human history, you know. Of having all of your hair right. turn white before all of America's eyes. Right. Just pick any episode of The West Wing at random and just imagine that instead it's Donald Trump okay. starring in the show. It's like you just can't even imagine it. You know, there's people going and having like extremely detailed policy discussions about, oh, well, if this guy goes to this Senate subcommittee, then blah, 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 then he'll then it'll open up a seat for him and then they'll maneuver him so that they can have you know, a hearing about this and then so esoteric and you can't imagine someone going up to Donald Trump and saying that and then having him be like, oh, yeah, okay, I understand the importance of this and exactly, I know exactly what we need to do right now. I'm laser focused. (laughs) Right. He's going to be like, hold on, what, I don't know any of, what are the, what's the sub Senate sub, what do they do? What's ways and means? I don't (laughs) actually even know what that is. Can't we just nuke it all? Right. There were reports that after he started attacking the Khan family, after the Democratic convention where they came out and said, like, Donald Trump, you know, you don't, you haven't even read the Constitution. He started going out and attacking them, and his campaign staff was like, you can't attack a, war hero? a gold star military family. Right. And he was like, what is that? I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. Why right. Not? Why not? They're attacking <laughs> me. Why can't I? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't, you don't even, you don't even know the most basic things. Right. It's respect. <laughs> right. But he's gonna well, really, of course he doesn't know right. respect. He's going to really restore the military. Do you remember when he was at a rally and an old like Vietnam veteran... Gave him his purple heart? Gave him a purple heart. <laughs> it's like, I always wanted one of these. Yeah, it's much easier to get it this way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, literally pulling a Justin Bieber, you know? Like, right. that would be, like, right in Anne Frank or whatever. <laughs> Just, oh, I man. mean... It is way more excusable for Justin Bieber to write some Belieber shit in Anne Frank's like right. museum guest book than it is for Trump to be like, this is way easier to get it yeah. this way. Did, wasn't there a quote where he was like, uh, if Anne Frank was alive, she'd totally be She a would Belieber. be a Belieber. He wrote that in, in her book, and it was amazing. I mean, to, but... From Justin Bieber, that's the greatest compliment. Like, seriously, that that's as deep as it's going to get from... 14-year-old Justin so, Bieber, but 55-year-old Trump, 70-year-old Trump? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the 70-year-old, 14-year-old. Right. You know, that's, <laughs> that's where he is. Yeah. It's just that locker room, that locker room mentality. He got a little stuck somewhere along the hey, way. Hey, it's easier this way. The history of him just being able to skate by in life, it, it wouldn't strike me as odd that he skated by all the way through education as well, so... Oh, I'm sure he did. I mean, he only got into that school or whatever that he keeps out, the Wharton School or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because his parents gave him, like, millions and millions of dollars to get him in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, no, that that checks out. Yeah. But, man, we got to take it out on a high note. Speaking of Justin Bieber, that Justin Bieber episode of Atlanta. Oh, dude. (laughs) Dude, yeah, that was great. So let's... Let's, let's close this out with some Atlanta talk. We oh, might wow. pick it up again maybe when the series is done in a yeah, couple weeks Yeah, absolutely. Here. But we've been watching Atlanta. I think we're up to eight or nine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, one of the episodes, it's like five or six maybe, mm-hmm. he, Paperboy, goes to a charity basketball game. Yeah, and Justin Bieber is there. And it's not the, well, is it a guy pretending to be the Justin Bieber? I mean, acting as the Justin Bieber? I believe, or is it... So I believe in the in the show, the concept is... A similar... It's the character of Justin Bieber, 
it's Justin Bieber. Right. The actor that's portraying Justin Bieber mm-hmm. just happens to be black. Sure. But he's he's still Justin Bieber. Right. The essence of Justin Bieber right. in front of the... It's race-blind yeah. casting. It's like Hamilton, man. It's coming all around. Right. And Paperboy is just getting riled up or oh. whatever in the charity basketball. Did you notice that Urkel was in the charity basketball game? No, Jaleel White? Yeah. Was he as Urkel or was he Just Jaleel as Jaleel White? White in the charity basketball game. I did not notice game. that. He's like, he has like one line. He's in the background of a couple of songs. Okay. And I was like, is that Urkel? And I looked it up and it totally it's, was. Okay. There's like some Atlanta rappers and stuff in there too that I didn't really know. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. No, that show is amazing. I love it. But yeah, <laughs> it just pounds them down. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I love that show. And the thing that's the best about it is kind of like with that Justin Bieber oh, thing yeah. where you're like, is this like real? Like sometimes it, it makes you question like, what is real? Oh, and yeah. what is not mm-hmm. you know is this is this really happening or there's just these weird dream like kind of sequences at times mm-hmm. uh the episode that i think showed this the best is when the commercials or the uh yes the commercials oh, on yes. the on the the kind of the fake bet mm-hmm. they do a whole episode where it's like you're watching fake bet mm-hmm. and there's like commercials the dodge charger commercials i don't know <laughs> yeah. how they how are they, like, not getting sued by these companies? They're doing Swisher Sweets oh, commercials. I think it's collaboration, like, getting paid and stuff. I oh, mean, dude, it's product placement. I hope so. Oh, yeah. Because that Swisher Sweets commercial, that was oh, so yeah. awesome. And coming yep. soon, Swisher Sweets pre-dumps. Right. <laughs> pre-dumps, yeah. You know, um, the Charger, the pre-dumps. And the, um, and the, the cereal. The cereal commercial. Cocoa Crisps or whatever. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, there were times, especially in that episode, where you're like, I mean, I know that this show is doing it, but, like, I was watching it on FX, uh, the app, which always has commercials on it and stuff, and I'm like, wait, are these commercials, like, the commercial commercials, or are these the show commercials? (laughs) But, but it was, it was done excellently, so, yeah, it was a great show. Recommend it to anyone, Atlanta on FX. Yeah, it's getting close to the end of the season, but they're, they're short. Yeah. Um, they're like 22-minute episodes. Oh, um, yeah. You could binge it in a day. Oh, easy, yeah. And it's it's a it's a great watch. And it's... Oh, yeah. I guess it's a comedy, and there's some really funny parts, but... Donald there's also Glover. a lot of really uh, a really serious parts, too. Yep. Um, but kind of interspersed with some really great comedy and some really off-the-wall, just kind of stuff that's like... It's just weird stuff, oh, you yeah. know? How about the invisible car? That was great. <laughs> that whole episode with the club. He's like trying to track down the club owner to get paid for oh, this gig. Dude like goes through the wall. Right. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, let's just hold, go up to the bar. And then he like sneaks up to the bar. And when he looks away, he like pulls a lever. Oh, and yeah. the wall flips around. Oh yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> dude. That was and the dude just like looks up. and wait. Oh yeah. Like robot guy in Chappelle's show. But all of it was kind of a caricature of real life right. but also capturing a lot of real right. life in it so yeah well and i think one of the coolest things about it is the way that the show doesn't give you a lot of information you kind of have to infer a lot and even between episodes it's like i have no idea how much time is passing oh it yeah there's like no logical progression yeah uh, absolutely. And, but the relationships of in the juneteenth episode i think was the perfect example of that where he goes to the party with with the girl and they're like oh are you married and i was like i don't even know if they're married or not no they have a kid right but they were, were they, they married are they not are they divorced are they getting divorced are they are did they never even get married and they're just lying well, they were kind of seeing a, they were kind of seeing other people and stuff and they already knew that or right. something i mean you really don't get a, a good sense of time or um chronological development at all Right, or the, the, wake or up the backstory, really, of, of, of any characters. Mm-hmm. but You're just plopped in the moment. Right. Stuff. But it really, yeah, it makes you it really makes you think about this world that I would never be exposed to. I think the, the perfect example of that is that dude in the jail where he tells him the story of how he got arrested. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, using this, like, thick, like, southern patois <laughs> where it's like, I, I had to turn the subtitles on because I couldn't even tell what he was saying. Yeah. Well, I was at Five Point about to kiss a bunch of me, and this nigga I ain't seen love me come up and talk about, man, listen, hey, boy, I ain't seen anybody love me but let's hang out. They gonna get a bill. So I follow him to the goddamn gas station. We get two bills. Ain't good but two of them, but they were the big ones, though. It was the big ones. You know, anyway, so nigga like, man, come on, let's go, go, go to the house and drink them. So 
We get to the house like, man, my old lady here, so we just gonna drag him on the porch. Feel me? I'm like, boy, APD be rolling through here, boy. He done talk me into it, so sure enough, APD didn't roll up and seen it got down two cans out there. Like me up for a public intoxication. Yeah, that was like amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that story was incredible. Mm-hmm. Where he just talks about like, yeah, I haven't seen this guy in 11 years. And he came over and he was like, let's get some beers. And then his his wife was like, get oh, out of yeah, here. Yeah. Don't, be doing, don't be getting wasted in my house. So yep. we were out on the porch. And then the cops just rolled by, and they were like, oh, open container, come on to jail. Yep. I was like, yeah. Jesus, that's ridiculous. And that's so real. Right. That is so real. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Glover just said that they're listening to all those stories and stuff. Um, I promise you the next episode is going to blow your mind. There's one moment in there where you're just like, I don't know, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> that's all I can say. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It just came out today, so it's definitely on there. Any other good shows you've been watching lately, or? Well, you know, I keep up any with podcasts. The, or... I keep up with the Flash. Okay. And all that. It's been going good. They're taking the next week off for the uh, election, which is a smart. This is a smart decision. <laughs> we should be partying for the election. I think people are going to be drinking for America that <laughs> night. You know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of calls in. Oh late, yeah. Late night. See, that should be that should be me. The day of, the day after. Maybe registration day. Those should all be paid holidays. Oh, absolutely! It's you know. completely ridiculous that election day is. It's not even a weekend. It's a Tuesday, where you gotta try to find time to to go and vote. Where it's like you just give people the day off and or not do it stay on like too a late. Saturday or something, and um, not stay in line too late because you gotta work the next day. You know, right? It yeah, it, no, it absolutely makes no sense that you don't just say like, look, it's election day, so have the day off. Just go vote with your day off. Maybe right. turnout would be a little bit higher. Yeah, please don't bring your gun right. to oh, no, the wait, polling now station. I, now I realize why they don't have that as a holiday. <laughs> because that turnout would be higher. You don't want that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we tried to end on a high note, but you had to take it there, oh, didn't you? Oh, I ruined it. <laughs> well, Sorry, anyways, guys. anyways, this is Chuck. And I'm Brendan. And the, you are listening to the Liquid Philando podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Yeah.